0: This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Oh, my goodness, Buccaneer fans. Not the show that I was planning on coming in here and doing after a game with the Carolina Panthers, a team in disarray, a team that's fired their coach. Yet another reminder, you have to be ready to go in the NFL because the other team gets paid too. The other team's coaches, players, no matter their talent deficiency, no matter their previous problems and losses, you've got to be ready. And the Panthers were more ready, were more prepared, motivated, whatever you want to call it as the game went on with guys understanding I I could get traded, I could get cut. Coaching staff that clearly realizes we're all likely fired while Steve Wilkes is the interim coach. They came out there with nothing to lose. They came out there and played hard. And they played well enough to beat the Buccaneers and beat the Buccaneers decisively. So welcome in. It's a brand new edition of the Nothing But Bucks Recap Podcast. We are glad that you are with me, especially after a loss uh, like that. Thank you for being loyal, finding the podcast, finding the show. If this is the first time that you found us on Nothing But Bucks, I pledge this. There will be happier times and better days ahead, and we'll have a lot more fun with the highlights. This is not going to be one of those shows. I've got to tell you up front... In a game like this, where you were an 11- or 12-point favorite going in, and you get beat 21-3 by a team you have no business losing to in the first place, uh, we're going to do the best that we can. With the highlights, you're going to hear post-game interviews, you're going to hear from our radio analyst Dave Moore with a little follow-up after this game. But this is not typically what we've been doing the last couple of years because the Buccaneers have had a tremendous amount of success and winning. And winning a Super Bowl two years ago and winning the division in a playoff game last year but uh, things, things have obviously uh, taken a turn, and they've got to turn back the other way because right now you're not playing nearly, nearly good enough football on either side of the ball. And Sunday was a reminder that you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat. You shouldn't get beat like that by a team that's an inferior team. And I'm just I'm being blunt with you. Carolina with an interim coach, with a third string quarterback without Christian McCaffrey, with a largely anonymous defense, they're an inferior team. You got beat Sunday because of the reasons I was just listing before and the fact that you didn't handle adversity well once you're behind, you didn't adjust well enough, and that's the reminder, it's the NFL. I mean, look look at the Washington Commanders, and I'm not trying to deflect what they did to Green Bay. Motivated. We saw this against the Buccaneers last year to Washington and Taylor Heineke, the backup quarterback. It was the same thing with Green Bay on the road. You better be ready in this league. Game in and game out. Uh, Because the other team gets paid, too. They have professionals. They may not have as much talent as you. But they try, they battle, and they can make plays. In a lot of ways, it is a week-to-week league where even some of the teams seemingly at the bottom, like what Carolina is, like what Houston is. I mean, look at the Seattle Seahawks who we're going to see later in the year that was supposed to be dead and given up on without Russell Wilson and in a rebuild mode. Pete Carroll has done a tremendous job coaching that team up. They get paid, too. Geno Smith, as a journeyman quarterback, has performed well. Kenneth Walker as an unknown running back. Again, I'm not trying to deflect. I'm just giving you an example that that's coaching and coaching a team up. And when you talk about adjustments, I mean, look at the New York Giants, folks. We're going to talk about this as a theme as we go along. That's the same personnel. That's not nearly as good a personnel on either side of the ball as the Buccaneers, yet they're six and one. Coaching, adjustments, motivation, it all matters. It all matters. Especially in overcoming deficiency, it matters. And the Bucs aren't doing a good enough job with that. So anyway, that's the backdrop here as we come in on the recap podcast. We're typically here on Mondays in the aftermath of Sunday games. Now, Thursday night, the Bucs are right back at it with the Baltimore Ravens. We will be here. Win or lose, we will be here with a nothing but Bucks on Friday after that Thursday night game at Raymond James Stadium against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So... Uh, I'm hoping that we're talking about a win and get things back on track to being 4-4 four and four and go into a little mini uh, off week of uh, of 10 days off weekend and then look to regroup from there. We shall see what it looks like uh, moving forward because we already know what, what has happened the last two weeks in the past. Not nearly good enough. I mean, eight quarters of football against Pittsburgh and against Carolina that are forgettable, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I believe I've seen this, that going back to the third quarter of the Atlanta game, when you got a touchdown, you have now played nine quarters with one touchdown. You have one touchdown, I believe, in your last 26 drives. That includes the two handoffs at the end of the game yesterday down 21-3. That counts as a drive. One touchdown in 26 drives over nine quarters. Two games and a quarter going back to the Atlanta fourth quarter. Not good enough. Not good enough. Anyway, uh, we're going to get into the highlights. What few of them are? There are some Carolina highlights with Gene and Dave calling them off Buccaneers radio post game. A show. that was not a lot there on the Hooters post game show. We'll hear from Coach Todd Bowles. We'll hear from Mike Edwards out of the secondary. Again, confusion in that secondary. You've got injuries without Carlton Davis. You had Antoine Winfield go down with an injury in the uh, in the first half of the game and could not return. So you're having to play some backups. You're having to play some different players. But again, nobody's got any sympathy for you in this league. Carolina's playing backups because of injury, because of trading guys away. I mean, they don't have Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, two former number one picks at quarterback. They're playing a guy in in P.J. Walker that's a former Temple quarterback, mid-round draft pick. Matt Rule drafted him because he played for Matt Rule at Temple in college. Matt Rule brought him in. Uh, and, and put him in with the Carolina Panthers. And uh, look, uh, that guy's not going to make you forget Brady, Manning, Breeze, Marino, Favre, whoever I'm going to leave out here, Joe Montana. But he made enough plays yesterday. as a back. Again, they get paid too. P.J. Walker deserves credit. He was tough enough to stand in and make the throws and make the plays. You're going to hear that in the highlights. So uh, Mike Edwards in the secondary had some problems. You'll hear from him. You'll hear from Tom Brady as he spoke with the media. Uh, and, and he's telling you they've got to be better, how? How are you going to get better? What are you going to do differently? That's the key part of this. And again, we'll also hear from our radio analyst, Dave Moore. So again, thank you for finding me on Nothing But Bucks. I've, I've already kind of laid out what went on in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium on Sunday but let's kind of go into it, go into how the game evolved. The game was right there for the taking even in the second half. Even at 14 to nothing, you still had the opportunity and it looked like the Bucks were going to score early on in the fourth quarter to make the game 14-7 with an extra point to be right there in the game just like the Pittsburgh game with with the whole fourth quarter to go with a chance in a one-score game to go tie the game if not win the game somehow some way. But you didn't make enough plays to keep yourself in the game. And you allowed Carolina to get one more clinching drive after the third quarter, two runs that you're going to hear the, the highlights of that touchdown. You allow Carolina to get another drive, to get another touchdown and make the game 21-3 and basically put the game away. Can't happen. Can't happen for Todd Bowles and that defense and the leaders they have like Shaq Barrett and Vita Vea and Levante David and Devin White. I know there's injuries in the secondary. You you can't let Carolina that had life go make that second touchdown drive to make the game 21-3 but that's exactly what they did and so frustration across the board again this is not a talent issue before we get into the highlights I mean I know Tom Brady is 45 there's questions about his shoulder being hit in the Kansas City game and how healthy he is I saw at field level he's still able to put some zip on the ball on some of the throws but you've got elite receivers like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin out there together you, you have got a back in Leonard Fournette that's as versatile and talented, and especially as a pass catcher, as any back that's out there. You've got an offensive line that's in flux that's trying to learn, but I, I, you've got enough to be able to figure it out. You certainly had, a, had a much more on offense than what Carolina had, and they figured it out is the point in that game. You had much more on offense two weeks ago than what Pittsburgh had. I know Pittsburgh's got some good receivers, but you've got a young quarterback in Kenny Pickett you got an offensive line that's kind of in flux like the Buccaneers. Give me Brady, Evans, Godwin, Fournette over that group in Pittsburgh. And yet Pittsburgh was able to move the ball, get touchdowns. Yes, they went to the backup Trubisky in our game two weekends ago in the second half. But it's not just about the talent and how talented your players are. Put them in a position to succeed, and you're going to hear Todd Bowles say it himself about this, about coaching and adjustments when we play the interview. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into what happened early on in the game. And this was a huge, enormous moment on the first drive of the game. The Panthers won the toss. They deferred. The Buccaneers got the ball first. And right away, you've got exactly what you want. A team without a first-quarter touchdown the entire season has got a first-quarter walk-in touchdown on this long-pass attempt.
1: The snap... Play action fake, dropping as Brady wants to throw off. Throws it deep downfield, got a wide open. It's caught, ball juggled and incomplete. Mike Evans frustrated. He had it at his fingertips. It would have been a touchdown. Nobody near him. The defensive back fell down.
0: So, again, it would have been a 64-yard touchdown catch. Mike does not come up with the ball. He would say after the game, uh, his quote, I seen the life come out of us after that play. You've got to try to recover, but it was a gut punch. Because, again, that's, that's what you've been looking for. A big play, a first-quarter touchdown, a lead on the road. All of it's wrapped into one. And Mike could have crawled into the end zone after that play and just doesn't catch the ball. Doesn't come up with it, tried to haul it in. It bounced off his knee, didn't look it all the way in. Uh, the elite of the elite should not let that happen, but it happened. And it's what happened after that that became a problem. So the Bucks end up punting. It really became a punting game. A field position game. Buccaneer defense actually makes a play here on Carolina early on in the game.
1: Here's the snap. In the gun. Third down and three. P.J. Walker. Look, he's sacked. He'll go down for the first time in the backfield at the 37-yard line. Three Buccaneers got to the quarterback.
2: Looks like Vita Vea was the first there. He was able to grab him from behind and pull him down.
0: Vita Vea led the charge there. Devin White was also in on the hit on P.J. Walker for the early sack. So, again, the game's a field position game, and the Bucs continued to have problems moving the ball, self-inflicted with some penalties on moving the ball, putting themselves behind, uh, not able to convert on third down, and and the pressure look, again, Carolina doesn't have a lot of talent, but one of their best players is the pass rusher Brian Burns, former first-round pick out of Florida State, and he got through here.
1: Brady again, good protection, Plus out of the pocket by Brian Burns, he is sacked by Burns at the 27-yard line, and he is down and hurt. Brady laying just, well uh, on his back, uh, he's up and okay yeah, here. he's
2: just aggravated that, you know, Burns came in, he was able to get on him quickly. He's on that right edge.
0: Yeah, Burns did get around the right end as you hear Gene and Dave calling it, got around Donovan Smith. And I'm not making excuses. I don't know that Donovan is uh, even 90%. He's not 100% with the elbow injury. But by and large, he's been solid at left tackle. And left tackle is uh, the most difficult position to play with a right-handed quarterback because you're going to face the best pass rusher every week on the blind side. And there's going to be times where you get beat. And Donovan Smith got beat on that play. All right, so Carolina now in a scoreless game finally put some momentum together late in the first half and P.J. Walker's able to get a couple of completions they're able to get a first down and that would eventually lead to the first score of the game
1: first down 10 gets the pass to all the ends oh caught ball was he inbounds he is touchdown Carolina Panthers and the Bucs trail heavy underdog Carolina
0: D.J. Moore with the toe tap in the back of the end zone. And again, he got behind Mike Edwards. Uh, Again, Mike has been primarily a safety the last couple of years. They've been using him at nickel corner. Again, at this point of the game, uh, Antoine Winfield had gone out in the concussion protocol. So you get the touchdown late in the half to Moore with backup safety trying to play in the game and trying to figure it out. Uh, And Carolina, again, to their credit, leads the game now 7-0. 7-0 at the half. All right, so let's get into the second half. I know Todd Bowles came out out of the locker room very early, probably about three minutes earlier than normal, which means he got whatever point across that he needed to, and he's ready for the second half to begin. You want your leaders, your veterans to stand up. Uh, So he said to me, coming back on the field uh, here, we have got to take care of the details. We have got to execute what we're doing better. Uh, They knew uh, that now this is a game. It's seven to nothing. Never mind the fact that the odds makers said this should be a, an 11 or twelve point buccaneer win. Never mind the fact that Carolina's only won one game. You're now in the throes of a seven nothing game. Go get it done. So you stop the Panthers on their opening drive. You now start to put a drive together a little bit, do the buccaneers. And in a 7-0 game, you're not able to get a first down on third and one. You went with the tight formation. You tried to just line up and blow Carolina off the ball. It didn't work against an eight- or nine-man front right across in the, in, the, in the box. It didn't work. So now you've got a fourth down play here, down 7 nothing in the third period, and this did not get done either.
1: Three out of five on fourth down. 60% Brady underneath Hades takes the toss pitch to the right it's fournette fournette's gonna dive, but i don't know if he got it needed to get to the chalk at the 24-yard line and he has stopped short and the carolina panthers with a seven nothing lead Get the crowd back into the ball game
0: you had success with a similar play with leonard fournette uh in pittsburgh on a on a fourth down getting him around the right end they tried the same thing with donovan smith kind of coming around tristan worth trying to come around from the backside. the key there though is russell gage who's not the biggest guy can't hold his block on a carolina defender mike evans the same thing is trying to hold his guy off on the end those two guys got free got in the hole and got in the way on the pitch play that took a second to develop and they stopped leonard fournette short so again it is a 7-0 game at this point, and the game would really flip more right here after that fourth down stop because immediately Carolina got this run.
1: Foreman's got a bit. play a through, through to the 40-yard line, to the 45, to the 50. Still running outside the numbers, to the 35-30. Quick hitter off right guard, and Foreman has the biggest play of the day. Zion McCullum with super speed chased him down. A 61-yard run. Longest surrender by the Bucks in three years.
0: I know, Buccaneer fans, it's it's frustrating. There's no Christian McCaffrey, and yet they still get the big run from Devonta Foreman uh, that uh, that really uh, demoralized the Bucs even further. It flipped the field. Now, it's not a touchdown. The key thing is they got him out of bounds. Zion McCollum running him down and a couple of others got him out of bounds. If you can just keep them from getting seven, it's only going to be only 10 to nothing. But right away, like the, the next play, Carolina's right back in the end zone again here on another run.
1: Shotgun look now by Walker, hands the ball off, Hubbard a gashing run, inside the 10, touchdown Carolina!
2: And this one, Hubbard went in pretty much untouched, they came back with a similar run, but Hubbard cut it all the way back, and the defense all looking at each other.
0: So just three plays, 77 yards, and 49 seconds after getting the stop on the fourth down, Carolina goes the other way, gets the touchdown. The game is 14 to nothing. and clearly you're in trouble now. At 14-0 on the road with Carolina playing with a lot of belief and with a lot of passion, and again, these guys are uh, are motivated. I and mean, I can tell you before the game, body language. You know, 15 minutes before the game, the Bucks rallied at midfield around Devin White and a couple of others that were firing them up. Carolina, like, sauntered off the field as a team. They didn't rally around each other to hype each other up and just kind of walk to the locker room. They look like a defeated team walking to that locker room before the game. I'm not saying that's everything, but you can understand with having fired the coach, having traded two of the best players this past week, that they're demoralized and you didn't take advantage of it. You gave them life instead. Now they have the lead. Now the game is 14 to nothing. And as we get back uh, into the highlights here, uh, the Bucks finally start trying to make some plays. Late third quarter, here's a pass to Mike Evans that ended up actually being a tremendous catch by Evans.
1: And two receivers to the right. Tight end on that right edge. Here's Brady with good protection. Dark call. Is it caught? No, incomplete pass. Evans was the caught. He defense. caught it. Did he catch it? He caught it. He, he caught, it. caught it. the ball. My goodness, Mike. You know what? Earlier in this game, he couldn't, he couldn't hang on to one. That's a 20-yard catch by Evans with three defenders wrapped all over him.
0: So as Gene called it and what he saw, and it was there on the replay, Mike had the ball dislodged, but the ball kind of pinned against the Carolina defender, and he kind of re it going to the ground. It looked like it was coming out, so Mike made a tremendous play on that one for a 20-yard gain. You're trying to get into scoring range, but unfortunately, again, a misfire on a third down, and that leads to the only points of the game here early on in the fourth quarter.
1: Ryan Suckup will attempt a 27-yard field goal. First field goal attempt of the day by either team. We trail 14-0. If you look at it and say, get points here, and then two more touchdowns, good snap, the spot down, the hole by Carmata. the kicker, who leads the NFL in points scored, hits a field goal. And the Buccaneers get on the scoreboard late. It's 14-3.
0: So Ryan Suckup's field goal makes the game 14-3 at this stage, and you're wondering here, all right, can the Buccaneers get a stop and get right back in this game with a ton of time left? And instead, the exact opposite happens. P.J. Walker makes a a, a big throw uh, to D.J. Moore. They're able to run for another first down, and they eventually get into scoring range uh, after the run play. They get into scoring range, and they hit the Buccaneers here with really what was a fatal blow in this game.
1: From the 30 Night 29-yard line. Baker dropping to look, throws down toward the end zone receiver in the area. Caught touchdown! Touchdown Carolina Panthers by goodness tight end, Tommy Trimble. Whoa! Panthers, a two-touchdown underdog. Lead 20 to 3 on that perfect blow by Walker.
0: Yeah, Trimble, the tight end, gets behind the defense, including Zion McCullum. I don't know if there was confusion again on who was supposed to be on the tight end. Give Carolina credit. Again, to the extent that they played motivated, and PJ Walker made that throw. you got to make the throw to get it in there for the touchdown. And now at 21-3, the game is basically done. One final opportunity. You had gotten a long uh, completion to Cade Otten with about seven minutes to go in the game. You're trying to get into scoring range, but uh, the end result is right here to sum up the day.
1: Fourth down, our third fourth down conversion effort of the day. There's the snap. They run a stunt. Brady throws a dart. in it. it. Almost picked off at the 20-yard line. Intended for KDOT to the 17. And the Panthers stop on fourth down.
0: So a turnover on downs again. And Carolina able to run the clock out with a 21-3 shocking victory. That's the best way to describe it. I kept saying a couple of times on the game broadcast, this score has got to be reverberating around the NFL, that a one-win Carolina team with a fired coach and a third-string quarterback is beating the Buccaneers 14 to nothing, and then eventually 21-3 to in the fourth quarter, and that ends up being the final. Um, again, there, there are too many talented players on both sides of the ball to give up uh, 21 points to Carolina and to only score three yourselves. It's one thing if Carolina won the game, but... Man, oh man! So as you can imagine, when this one was over, they were searching for answers in that Buccaneers locker room. So let's get into some of that now in our post game coverage on the Hooters Post Game Show. Mike Edwards was uh, gracious to stand with me. Not a lot to say in that locker room for a while, but Mike did have some comments about what Carolina did, what the Bucks did not do well enough. How much do you credit Carolina with what they were able to do today? Um, you got to give them credit. I mean, they
3: outplayed us, but at the end of the day. I mean, we just didn't step up. I mean, we didn't play at all, both sides of the ball. We just got to work for next week. I mean, we, we came out here flat from the start, and then we didn't finish. I mean, it was overall bad performance, but we definitely are
0: trusting our team. We get back next week. One thing that has come up, and the coach has been talking about this as well, having the practice field translate to Sunday once games begin. And you just said there you sensed that it wasn't as sharp as it needed to be. How does that get improved? How does that get changed?
3: I mean, I feel like we practice hard. I mean, that's that's one thing that you can't really say. I mean, I feel like we practice hard. Uh, you know, focus on running to the ball, force the turnovers in practice. I mean, just so happened that we didn't get anything. We didn't, you know, create no turnovers again for the third straight week. Um, didn't tackle well, didn't stop the run, and, um, gave get some plays, uh, you know, in the passing game a little bit. But I just feel like we just got to uh, sh- work on our craft. We got to get back to our regular team. I feel like we just... Uh,
0: Trying to do too much, not coming out flat. Like I said, we just got to keep playing. At the end of the day, we just got to play. One thing the coach also said is on certain occasions, guys are not in their gap, or guys are not where they want to be, or so, or supposed to be. He keeps talking about communication and being in the right spot. How vital is that? It's a big part. I mean, defense—you got to communicate. Uh, you know, from D line to the
3: linebackers to the secondary, everybody got to be on the same page. Because if one person off, then it, it creates a big gap, creates a you know huge play. So everybody got to be on the same page. Uh, communication is key. Uh, we talk about that a lot, you know, bowls, you know, harps on that all the time. So definitely got to uh, communicate more. I mean, we gave up some plays uh, for communication-wise, um, I mean, just scheme-wise. So uh, definitely got to get it back and uh, get ready. And you got to do that quickly because you have a Thursday night game coming. Right, yeah, quick turnaround. So good thing for us, uh, try to get this, off our, uh, get this off our head. But at the same time, we got to, you know, work on this and uh, build off this and uh, just be ready for Thursday.
0: Twenty-one to three, the final. You got to get past the confusion in the secondary again. I know Winfield is now in concussion protocol. You don't have Jordan Whitehead anymore; long gone in free agency to the to the New York Jets. You signed Logan Ryan, who's injured. You had Keanu Neal, who was out there. Again, you're playing some reserves out there in the secondary. Got to the second and the third string now in the in the in the safety position. Got to get better. Got to get better with the communication in the back end. You missed Carlton Davis yesterday. Everybody's got injuries. Carlton Davis is a lockdown corner to be on DJ Moore. He wasn't out there. Sean Murphy bunting as well is hurt. So you've got a secondary that's got to get on the same page. Got it With new guys. Got to happen, and it's coming quickly with the Baltimore Ravens. More on that in a few moments. Uh, speaking of that, here was the head coach, none too happy. Uh, talking about the loss, talking about the short week, because now you've got a Thursday night game. This is from our Hooters postgame show with the head coach. Well, A tough one here, 21-3. Carolina has won it, and the head coach is with us immediately after it is over. All right, Uh, I don't really know where to begin. How much, I guess, first of all, do you credit Carolina for what they were able to do today?
4: It's a division game. They always play us tough, but we find a way to make plays, so you can give credit to them, but we can give a lot of credit to us for helping them, too. Uh, one thing
0: that obviously continues uh, to show up is running the football. And and Carolina was able to get a couple of huge runs that gave them momentum and gave them a 14-3 to three league a lead. I know you've not seen coaches' tape, but what needs to be better in particular, stopping the run? I don't need to see coaches' tape to know what happened. Uh,
4: we had two busts and two people out of their gaps that resulted in uh, two long runs we had two bust and pass coverage which resulted in touchdowns so if you take the four plays three of them
0: were touchdowns so it's still a 14-3 uh, game actually 14 nothing at that point you eventually ended up with a field goal uh, when you began to click you got the ball to Mike Evans you got the ball to Kate out and what was working well as you were trying to get back in the game
4: or we were giving them time to throw. You know, we were giving them time to throw. But when you have to throw, throw, throw every play, and they're going to start doubling Mike and doubling Chris, and you shoot yourself in the foot with a false start,
0: and we just couldn't get going. A couple of, uh, of key moments. You had a third and one in a 7 nothing game, couldn't get it, and then you decided to try to go fourth and one in the plus territory, not kick the field goal. Just take me through that sequence. It wasn't the most important thing, but it was critical at that stage, was it not? It was a 7 nothing game. We've been practicing short yards
4: all week, getting better at it. It was a toughness thing. We've got to be able to get one yard on third and fourth down. We don't need to be kicking field goals early in that part of the game, but if we can't do it, we may have to start.
0: I know that you did some substituting with uh, Nick Leverett and, uh, and Luke Gedeke and maybe even in some other personnel situations in the secondary, et cetera. You're going to be evaluating everything, I would have to believe, after this game, Correct.
4: Everything, everyone, what we're doing as coaches and what they're doing as players, you know, it's dark days right now for us, in my opinion. And we got to see who can pull through adversity and who's going to pull their boots up and who's going to get to work. So we can't go nowhere but up. We got to keep
0: our head down and dig. We own everything
4: we've done up to this date and we got to get better.
0: And in this case, it is now a short week. It will be very quick and you're right back with Baltimore at home in just four days. What's the challenge beginning tonight when we get back to Tampa, et
4: cetera? Biggest thing is not let one loss turn into two. This can't drag on for a couple days and then we don't show up on Thursday. We got to get back on our horse. We got to get back to the drawing board and we got to get back trying to get ready for Baltimore.
0: And the Ravens will be here Thursday night off of a win over the Cleveland Browns to get them back on track with Lamar Jackson and company. So you've got to get ready for that game. Uh, Let's hear some more after this game is over. Tom Brady, uh, again, he had a lot of completions, had to throw it a bunch uh, in this game, but ultimately not nearly good enough at getting in the end zone, despite being 32 of 49, 290 yards. And uh, here was the quarterback with the media after the game on Sunday trying to explain how you only come up with three points and you've now gone nine quarters with only one touchdown.
5: Executing in practice and doing well, you know, builds confidence. And then ultimately when you're out in the game, you got to make, you know, difficult decisions under pressure. And, um, you know, we're plenty capable of making plays. We're just not, not making them consistently enough to score points. So make a big play, make a bad play, make a big play, make a bad play. So in football, it's just not good enough. You can't play like that. You got to string enough good plays together to get the ball into the red area and score points. So just haven't just haven't done that.
3: Tom, are you surprised by this? Yeah, you know, losing four out of five, losing the two teams that are under man right now, the two
5: quarterbacks, third quarterback, quarterbacks for you know, this I me. And I think it's the NFL, so every team is challenged and if, you know, you've got to understand they have strengths and you know we you know, we just have not played well. It doesn't matter, you know, it, if you don't execute your job well, then it doesn't matter who's on the other side. It just still comes down to the fundamentals of the sport. Throwing and catching, blocking, tackling. Um, it's all the, the fundamentals, so. They talked about how you have to go to get a yard third and one, fourth and one. It's still a tight
3: game in the third quarter and you're at 25 and the offense gets down twice. What's going wrong in this keeping you guys from making that fight when you need it?
5: I have to look at it, you know, it, it's tough when you're kind of hand the ball off, you don't see it, but you're right. I mean, that's important for us and we just haven't done a good job in those situations
1: the execution needs to get better but is there anything behind play sequencing that that might be
5: affecting this officer's ability to get going you know i got to take a look it's it's you know you come off the field and and i'm sure there was a lot of things we didn't do right so um, no one feels good about where we're at no one feels good about how we played or what we're doing so we all got to we're on it together man we got to go pull ourselves out of it um, a couple more for a team to dig out something like this but it's been you know not the results you would have liked, what kind of characteristics does a team have to have to be able to, to rebound from life the last couple of weeks? You know, you have to play as a team. You have to take accountability. You have to work hard. You have to have discipline, commitment, mental and physical toughness. Those are all character traits, and we have a lot of great guys in the locker room, so. We're gonna go in tomorrow morning. We have got a short week. We got to work hard to try to fix it. Are those guys showing you that, or do they still need to do? Do they still need to show you that? Yeah, there's a lot of guys that you know I depend on and have done a great job. So you know we're gonna get back at it next week and short week and see if we do a lot better job.
4: You had hosted a young fan, George Cargill, who's had a lot of health issues. Yep. Uh, you hosted him at the game today. Just just what's it meant to be able to? I mean,
1: he was you were his inspiration the whole time he was in the hospital and everything just meant to be able to
5: to be an inspiration to him and to do something nice for that family. Yeah, it keeps a lot in perspective for all of us. And, you know, I think for us, we're, um, you know, we're putting a lot out there, but there's other people put on on a lot in their lives to try to, you know, in some pretty desperate situations and uh, it's good to have perspective in life and understand that um, some people are dealt with very difficult blows and and uh, there's a lot of mental and physical toughness from that family. So, um, you know, we wish him all the best, certainly.
0: Well, he's right in one regard. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. And the Bucks, uh, unfortunately, to their detriment, proved that on Sunday. Even against a bad Carolina team that's 1-5 in with an interim coach, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. If you're not going to play well enough on either side of the ball, if you're going to play poorly and not adjust, you're going to give them life. You're going to give them chances. Again, whether it's them whether it's the Houston Texans, whether it's the Chicago Bears, whether it's the Denver Broncos who can't get out of their own way. I know Russell Wilson wasn't playing yesterday. If, if you empower the other team, they've got professionals too. And uh, the lack of uh, adjustments, the, the the correctable things on the fly, uh, the preparation before the game and then the adjustments during the game, that's got to be better. It's obviously got to be better. Carolina obviously made adjustments as the game was going on. And they were able to get touchdowns out of it and succeed. And the Bucs have got to get back to that. Folks, it is not a talent problem with this team. Take consolation in this. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are two of the elite receivers in the NFL in tandem. That's not a talent issue. Leonard Fournette, it is not a talent issue with Leonard Fournette. He's got to have holes. He's got to have a scheme that helps him better to open up the holes. Again, there's a lot of predictability. Everybody's seeing it and understanding it. And it doesn't matter who the running back is, if there are not holes and the scheme is not helping, you're not going to be able to run through three and four guys to make things happen. That's got to be better coming on Thursday night. That's one of the things that in generalities Tom Brady's alluding to on details, on execution, etc. Uh and, and let me say as well, I mean, he's 45 years of age. He took that big hit against the Kansas City Chiefs. He put some he put some touch on the ball down the field. I don't see the same rocket arm right now, and maybe some of that is age and some of that is the shoulder, but there were enough throws uh, to be made out there where he's putting the ball out there where guys can make plays. Now, some of them were bad throws by him. You know, He missed Mike Evans on an open play that would have been a 20- or 25-yard game because he threw the ball three feet over him, and that's hard to do with Mike's catch radius. Uh, There's a lot of discussion on another play in the red zone where he was trying to get the ball right before the field goal to Russell Gage, not on the same page. Maybe Gage didn't run fast enough, but again, Brady put it way in front of him uh, on that. So offensive line, the fortress, as I like to say, that's been in front of Brady the last two years is not a fortress anymore because you don't have Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet and and Alex Kappa as the three interior guys uh, blocking for him. So you've got to adjust to that. You've got to help that situation. Frustration. So frustration across the board. Let's get some more insight. Our, our radio analyst, Dave Moore, played 15 years in the NFL, 13 years with the Buccaneers. Now in his 16th season analyzing on the radio, he saw it Sunday. He saw what Carolina did in a 21-3 win. So I want some more conversation from a guy that played the game here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast to tell you what he's seeing and what's not good enough. Well, this was certainly a tough one at Bank of America Stadium um, as I said to the coach after the game, I don't know where to begin on how you play that bunch with an interim coach without Christian McCaffrey and get handled 21 to3. Give me your thought on overall, how does that happen?
2: Well, I mean, a lot of it really, especially early on, didn't have a lot to do with Carolina. It was the fact that the Bucks were not executing on offense. You know, obviously the big drop in the first drive by Mike Evans. You have an opportunity to score for the first time in the first quarter all season and kind of set the tempo for the game and start fast. And, you know, obviously the drop and then the punt. And then, you know, two drives later, you're crossing the 50-yard line. You picked up a big third down, and it gets called back due to a mental error of illegal formation. You know, so Godwin was covered up Otten, who the tight end was and you had too many guys on the line or scrimmage. So then again, you were moving the ball, you had an opportunity, you're in the opponent's, you know, side of the field, and then, you know, you, you basically are not able to do to the penalty, pick up the first down, you have to punt again, and then the following drive they give up a big sack. And then after that, it's halftime, right? So you really had two opportunities to come away with points and you didn't defensively they started strong first three drives they were good but then they wound up giving up a touchdown um before the half and then in the second half you know the offense just was not able to convert third downs they weren't able to uh stay on the field and then defensively they gave up 130 yards rushing and it's guys out of position you know it's you know the same thing it's mental errors It's, it's guys not executing the offense and defense and uh you know, to Carolina's credit, they came out and they played hard, but once the Bucs left them in the game and they, you know, started to believe that they could compete with the Buccaneers, then, you know, they actually played better as the game went on. So, you know, the Bucks had their opportunities early to, to make it a one-sided game, and they just they just didn't set the tempo right.
0: I know that I asked you at halftime but for the audience here on the podcast I know it's at the very beginning of the game but when the Evans drop happens it deflates you. Do you think there was a bit of a carryover effect on the next couple of drives? It's certainly not the whole game. What did you sense?
2: Well, yeah, you know, coming off the, you know, the loss last week to the Steelers who's, you know, obviously a team that the Bucks were highly favored and they should have beat. Um, you know, that big drop certainly is, oh, here we go again. However, these guys are all professionals. You know, you see Tom Brady get sacked and he comes back two plays later and throws a touchdown in normal circumstances. So it shouldn't have been, you know, because it was so early and it shouldn't have had that type of effect on the team. But certainly, you know, Mike Evans is a guy that makes those catches normally and you're kind of feeling like it's just, you know, they're just not playing well uh, At the moment, they got got to find a way to, you know, to clean it up.
0: Okay, so along those lines, uh, we were talking after the game just a bit ago to Mike Edwards, and he said, hey, we came out flat after a good week in practice. Again, you played 15 years in the National Football League. It can only be one of two things. I listened to enough of you and others talking about this kind of theme. It can only be that your preparation is not very good, or if your preparation is good, it's not translating when you get to game time between the lines and playing an opponent. So how do they correct if the preparation is good that it's better on thursday night starting thursday night and better on sunday afternoons moving forward
2: and that's a difficult question to ask or answer because you know if you had that answer you'd probably make a ton of money we'd
0: be millionaires
2: (laughs) yes yes we would um but the only thing when we've been in those situations before is you get back to basics okay so you know assignment football a lot of plays in the second half, there are guys, different guys, whether they're playing for the first time or guys that are veterans guys, out of position. So the first thing you can do is is detail your work, which means understand your responsibility versus formations, looks, film study, and do your job. Don't do more than your job. And if you're supposed to be in a gap on defense, be there. Get there so that you don't give up those big runs, that 60-yard run, there was a guy out of position. And, you know, two or three times that happened in the second half. And offensively, you know, be disciplined, understand your routes, be where you're supposed to be. If you're supposed to be off the ball, be off the ball. If you're supposed to, you know, um, run a certain route, be there. If you need to continue a couple of the, you know, routes that weren't connected on it looked like brady was expecting you know receivers to either continue running or be in uh places where where ultimately they weren't able to get so that's really the only way is to get back to basics detail your work and how you do it and you gotta find a way to take it from the practice field to the game field
0: all right and one more real quick it's here quick you're already playing thursday night as a veteran what Take me through the checklist, mentally, physically, Sunday, Sunday to Monday, because you're basically in game mode by Monday afternoon to play the Ravens.
2: Yeah, you're, you're going to have to. It's going to be a quick turnaround. You're going to obviously do the best you can to take care of your body. They're not going to be able to have really the full practice schedule they normally would. So it's going to be a lot of meeting time, watching film, doing that kind of stuff, just, just to be able to be ready and everybody 100%. Hopefully they'll get some guys back uh, that they were losing today.
0: I always uh, love it. I wish it was a better circumstance. I promise I'll talk to you again when it is a better circumstance. Thank you, Dave Moore. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. 21 3 is the final. Thanks again to Dave Moore. And you heard that conversation. We were actually on the buses getting ready to head to the airplane and head back here to Tampa on Sunday night. So I thank Dave publicly here for being willing to sit for a few minutes and give me some more analysis. And that's what we bring to you in addition to the highlights, in addition to the postgame interviews, I try to give you some insight not only from me, from down on the field, but from other people with what they're seeing. Here's what I know. Baltimore comes into Tampa. That is advantage Buccaneers on the short week. I know the Ravens are off of a win, but you've got a chance to get your season right back on track. And if you're the Buccaneers, you've got to spend Monday and Tuesday on the self-scout and the adjustments and how do we make the in-game adjustments if things start to go poorly on Thursday night. You hope they don't, but clearly the in-game adjustments have not been as good, especially offensively. For whatever the reasons are, they have not been. They've got to be better. If if Carolina's doing it to you, Baltimore's going to be ready to do it to you. John Harbaugh's a Super Bowl winning coach. John Harbaugh has been in the Super Bowl on a couple of occasions here. Uh, I mean, he's a playoff coach. Lamar Jackson's one of the elite dual-threat quarterbacks in all of football. They will burn the Buccaneer defense if you're not ready and not looking to adjust. Now, it's interesting. They don't have a fleet of great receivers. Here we go again about talent versus executing your game plan and adjusting. With Lamar, they don't have to have great receivers. They've got a tremendous tight end in Mark Andrews. They've had injured running backs. J.K. Dobbins, the former Ohio State product, suffered the knee injury last year. He's back from the knee injury. He's hurt again. So they've had to go kind of running back by committee. But in any event, uh, Baltimore will be here Thursday night. National television, Amazon Prime has the game on the streaming service with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit and company calling it. We'll be on the air on Buccaneers Radio at 7 Eastern time for this game. And Buck fans, I leave you with this. We'll come in with a Nothing But Bucks podcast after it. There is still a chance to turn things around and make things happen on offense and win a game and go into the longer off weekend and, uh, and have 10 days before your next game with the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams are a much bigger challenge offensively than what Baltimore is, even with Lamar Jackson. So you need to get this one. You need to look like an offense that can put touchdowns, plural, on the board again. And you did so against Atlanta. You came you came around against the Atlanta Falcons and put touchdowns on the board. you got to get back to some of that because you haven't had it the last two weeks on the road. We'll see if they can get it figured out, especially adjustments with being able to run the ball some. Get this get the screen game going. I mean, there were just a lot of misfires, a lot of penalties, miss blocks by receivers on screens. Uh Carolina was ready in some regards for a couple of the receiver screens and the misdirection, but Bucks have got to be better. That's what it comes down to. Two talented a team, folks. I mean, I'll, I'll use the word at the end of the podcast here. That was embarrassment for that team, for everybody associated with the team, to let Carolina beat you like that. Let's hope they use that as motivation because you're too talented. This is not the Lehman Bennett Buccaneers of the 80s. This is not the Sam Weich Buccaneers of the early 90s. This is not what Raheem Morris was dealing with, unfortunately, uh, with, with lack of talent, uh, et cetera. And it's kind of along the same lines uh, of what Dirk Cutter had to deal with in 2018, 2017-2018, where you didn't, you didn't have the same talent on both sides of the ball to, to come into games and say, we are talented enough to go put it together and win this, team, win this game regardless of what the other team has. I mean, you look from Tom Brady to Mike Evans to Chris Godwin to Leonard Fournette, you've got Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs as the bookends on the offensive line. There's talent there, folks. Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, Levante David, Devin White, Carlton Davis, if healthy, there's talent all over that defense. Get them in the right position to win. Like the coach said, you're in a dark time right now. Now pull yourself out of it. Face the adversity. Use the talent you have. Put in a good couple of days of preparation, practice, and be ready to go. It's the same situation for Baltimore, except your advantage, Buccaneers, they have to travel here on Wednesday. You're at home. You get a little more normalcy on your Wednesday before the Thursday game. You get an extra day of rest and be in your own setting where you're not playing the Thursday night game on the road. We did this last year in Philadelphia and the Bucks played brilliantly on the road. Now you're at a better advantage. You're at home for this game Thursday night. All right, so we will see what happens. Again, we're on the air with Gene and Dave calling it uh, coming up just after 8 Eastern time on Buccaneers Radio. Reminder again, nothing but Bucks will come your way on Friday. I'll give you insight, analysis, highlights, the interviews, all of it on Friday after the Thursday game will come your way. And again, the Buccaneers have a chance to be right back in the thick of things here with a win at 4-4 four and four in the division. Just take a win, however you can get it. Get back on track offensively. I say one more time. Talent, not the issue. You are way too talented right now to score three points in a game on offense. You are way too talented defensively to have busts, as the head coach is talking about, on different plays where you're letting the opposition, even an inferior opposition, get easy touchdowns on you. That's got to change. Let's see if it doesn't change coming Thursday night against the Ravens. My thanks to Jason Berringer and company at iHeartMedia for getting me the uh, highlights, the post-game interviews, etc. My thanks to Jeff Ryan, our director of broadcasting. Thank you also to Dave Moore. One more time, our radio analyst, popping on to give some insight. This one is over. It's put to bed. Carolina's won it. On to Thursday, and the Baltimore Ravens and a chance to be four and four at home. As always, we say go Bucks. And we say thank you for finding me. We'll be back on Friday after the Thursday night game with another edition of Nothing But Bucks.